Welcome to the LaSallian Way Online, a digital series produced by Christian Brothers University's Center for Digital Instruction in Memphis, Tennessee. In each episode, we focus on topics in online education and approach them from the LaSallian tradition. St. John Baptist de LaSalle created a culture of student-centered teaching and learning focused on transforming the whole person. We aspire to follow the LaSallian way online. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the LaSallian Way Online. I am Dr. Dale Hale, the director of the Center for Digital Instruction and the dean of the Global College at Christian Brothers University. We're happy to have you with us. Uh, today we have uh, most of the CDI team. I'll have them introduce themselves here. So, uh, Lorraine, would you start us off, please? Hi, my name is Lorraine Kelly, and I'm the Director of Academic Operations and Student Engagement for our Global College, our fully online degrees at CBU. Good. Scott? Hi, I'm Scott McPherson, an instructional designer here at Christian Brothers University. Good. And finally, Kyle. Hey, hey y'all. Uh, Kyle Prepare here. I am the Learning Experience Manager and another of the instructional designers on uh, the CDI team. Certainly didn't mean to, to imply that he's at the bottom of the heap, um, but we're, we're happy that Kyle's with us. We actually have a, a special guest with us today, and I do consider this a special guest. Um, Joey Preston is the Vice President of Mission and Identity for Christian Brothers University. We're happy to have Joey with us. Say hi, Joey. How are you all doing? Thanks for having me on. I I love that the podcast is called The LaSallian Way Online, and I love talking about anything LaSallian, so this is going to be a great time. That's great. We uh, we had a retreat just a few weeks ago, uh, and Joey came in and, and talked about um, De La Salle and the impact that LaSalle had on education as a whole. Gave us a bit of a history and then uh, an interactive uh, discussion about how that even impacts us today. It was a it was a powerful and and very enjoyable morning that we spent with with Joey. Joey, one of the things that what well, actually our very first podcast uh, was asking the question: How does or can uh, online education intersect with LaSalle principles? But before we get to even teasing that apart, could you tell us just a, a, a rather brief history of uh, LaSalle, please? Yeah, so St. John Baptist de LaSalle, uh, that's where the phrase or the term LaSallean comes from, uh, was the founder of the Christian Brothers. So us being called Christian Brothers University, we were founded by the order that was founded by St. John Baptist de LaSalle. So we consider anyone who is educated by or educates at a LaSallean institution a fellow LaSallian. So hopefully uh, for all those listening to this podcast, you also are a fellow LaSallian. And uh, how we approach education um, stems from how De La Salle approached education in the First Brothers. And that really was delivering education in a way that was accessible that maybe wasn't as accessible before his interventions. Uh, so that includes uh, finding ways to make education uh, approachable, uh, effective uh, for 
a majority of people that necessarily wouldn't have that education in front of them. And that was 17th century France. Obviously, we're in the 21st century. Totally different context 300 years later. Uh, but the principles that St. John Baptist de La Salle instilled through his teaching are still as effective today. Uh, otherwise, I don't think we'd be having this conversation. One of the things that caught my attention early on, it, actually even before I was hired, was this the whole the whole principle b- behind the Salian education. And that's providing an education to those who wouldn't ordinarily have access to it. And in in our world, in the world of online learning, I think that is the the underlying principle that that has made online learning so powerful. And that is those folks who can't drive to campus or those folks who 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 can't fit school in in the typical traditional way. We give them the ability, the opportunity to have a, a high quality education. That's that's where that intersection uh, happens for us. So uh, I think this gives us an opportunity to truly understand what it means to be Lasallian. And I think that's Lasallian in its uh, creation, you know, finding different ways to deliver education that maybe before there would have been obstacles. Uh, so I think online learning is a beautiful intersection with Lasallian education. Uh, and really, at its core, you know, there's values and principles we talk about in the Lasallian world. And one of the values is community. And I think that is built beautifully in the online um, platform. And I, I think um, Joey and Dale, just in hearing you talk about this, I think we do have to draw a line that um, online education just on its own at its core does not necessarily reflect Lasallian values just because it's accessible, um, just because you can get to it. There does have to be quite a bit more, I think, to Absolutely. to how it's constructed, how the relationships are built, the community that Joey was referencing, for it to really be Lasallian. Um, and and so I think that's something that we are always aspiring to because um, certainly we know and and we hear this criticism all the time with online, not at CBU, just on a global level, uh, especially with what some people experienced during the pandemic, that online education can feel isolating. Um, it could feel not very personal. Um, so in that way, yes, people can access it, but it's not necessarily this walking with the student um, that we certainly um, you know, strive to do here at Christian Brothers University on campus. But that's, that's what I think makes this um, this Lasallian approach and, and why we call this podcast Lasallian Way Online is that we are always aspiring in our, um, our, our teaching and our training with teachers and our work with educators um, that this can happen to online, but it really has to be our favorite word, intentional. It has to be built. It has to be nurtured. Um, it can't, you can't just put it up there, say, hey, you couldn't have come to class otherwise, so now we're Lasallian. Uh, and so I don't know if any of the uh, instructional designers want to um, weigh in on that about about what what we really um, I guess what it takes to to bring it to that next level of just not just being ex- being accessible but beyond that. I, I I think that we touch base a lot uh, specifically with our community of inquiry when we're looking at the social and cognitive and teaching presence that we're trying to instill in all the courses. And those 
look to uh, build on the Lasallian principles and values. And, you know, I'd love to hear, because we talk about it all the time, but Joey, now that we have the real deal here to lead us through, uh, just to touch base on those five principles. Yeah, I think the Lasallian principles are really important. Uh, and if you notice, whenever they are uh, visually put anywhere, they are around a star. And that is the role of the instructor, and that comes from our Lasallian tradition. You know, the principles, we link that to the star, and the star is a rich symbol that the brothers, even early brothers, used. Uh, the symbol from the Bible of the star that delivers the wise men in Bethlehem to Jesus. Uh, and really, our role as educators, regardless of our specific role at a Lasallian institution, is to guide our students or those we're working with to these principles, to, to what matters. Uh, and these Lasallian principles are five um, interwoven uh, things that we talk about, we live, we breathe. We don't only talk about them, we hopefully interact with them on a daily basis. And those five are concern for the poor and social justice, inclusive community, respect for all persons, faith in the presence of God, and quality education. And I think another reason why they're put around the star is you could rotate that star and any one of those points are on top. And it's not a cafeteria either. It's, oh, today I'm only going to focus on two of these. You know, all five are interwoven, kind of like the points of a star. It's an all or nothing. I think those, we don't go through every day going, okay, I checked off this principle. I checked off this principle, but how we interact with one another and being intentional, I like that you all like that word too, being intentional on how we approach our work, those five principles are naturally going to be lived out uh, if we truly are rooted in um, what it means to be the sound. What, one of the things that I really appreciated when I first started at Christian Brothers is walking in, right, like right on the door. It says, enter to learn, and then you walk out to lead to serve. And then you feel that star once you go inside of it. And um, even today when we were had an opportunity to do our demo days and we're looking at courses that are being built with that in mind, uh, it's a, it's a conscious effort, but once you put forth that work, it becomes just second nature. And I feel like a lot of us, um, you know, I wasn't aware of the Lasallian principles before I started, but, but now, like, I don't think I could create a course without having those in the back of my mind. Absolutely. I say, I don't know how many people choose CBU whether to work here or attend specifically because it's Lasallian, but I think a lot of people choose to stay or are just so enveloped in the community because of these five principles, because of the mission, because of the Lasallian tradition. You know, when, when we drill down deep into the role of, of kind of a course developer, uh, whether you are a faculty member that are that is designing his or her own course, or whether you're like you know, kind of one of us instructional designers that work along alongside a faculty member to develop a course, when we start talking about kind of the application of these Desalian principles, I mean, sort of my my thought or thinking on this is that it translates into a number of different ways, and I think the first way is that we have as developers or faculty we have to uh, kind of walk in the in the shoes of the student, right? And if we and if we and if we do that, we do a number of things. First of all, we take steps, hopefully, in our online class to uh, build opportunities for authentic relationships, which I think is consistent with uh, 
close relationship between student and faculty, which was uh, a very Lasallian idea. Um, and we also like e deeper than that, right? We have to think about like, how is this person, how is the student going to be accessing the course? Once they land in our course, is it, is it navigable? Is it, you know, are they, are they able to kind of easily, you know, go, go through a course? Um, and does it, is it constructed in a way that is, is making sense to them? Um, so I think that like we start uh, we start really trying to apply these Lasallian principles, and I know that, that that word is very specific, but it it can actually morph into something that it is I think a lot more general. That uh, maybe if we're you know I'm not a Lasallian person or I'm not at a Lasallian institution, that probably many faculty, uh, many instructional designers can say, oh yeah, okay, so that this all kind of makes sense. Let me jump on that as well. So um, I have wrestled with this for for a while, not not necessarily the Lasallian way, but when somebody says, we want students to come to our institution, we want them to experience the, in this case, the CBU way. What does it mean to be a CBU person? Um, and for a long time, I've argued to constituents, faculty, others to prove to me or, or to show me exactly what that means. Because if you say, well, it's it is just our faculty or it is just our theology or it's just our you know being on campus, that has to be what it means to be a CBU student or a CBU person. It finally dawned on me about you know, maybe five or six weeks ago, maybe more. That CBU experience is actually experiencing the people of CBU. And here, especially with CBU, it's, it is that underlying current that connects us, and that's the, the Lasallian, those five principles that's what makes us, that's what makes us the CBU experience. That's, that's what gives us, um, the quality education that we have. It's, it is, it isn't just one individual. It is all of us collectively who are putting this together because of the principle that lies underneath us. I think, Joy, what you said a moment ago is, is right. I, I would not have come to CBU because it's Lasallian, that it, it's good. I like the principles, I like the, I like all of that, but that wasn't it. But once here, seeing that interwoven, you hear it in the, in the lectures that are given, the chapels that are given, the, the different, the different moments across campus, you hear that underlying current. And I think that's what makes the difference. So, the, there's another question though that pops up with, with that. And that is, how can other institutions who are not Lasallian, uh, be impacted by what we're talking about? Because, Joey, the, our audience is not just all Lasall, Lasallian institutions. We're hoping to be broad enough that we'll, 
will encourage others to listen. What is it about the LaSallean principles that can be applied to every institution? It's a great question because it is something that unifies us and makes us uniquely different, right? We talk about, well, why choose CBU? Well, it's because we're LaSallean for the reasons you just mentioned, Dale, the undercurrent and and the interwoven uh, approach to education, how we treat people, community. Uh, I will say, though, it puts language. I think one thing that LaSallean mission does, it puts language to ways people already feel. And I'll give you an example. So when I interview someone, and one of my roles here at the university is I get the privilege to meet uh, different individuals interviewing for different positions here. And I'll talk through the principles, I'll talk through our mission, our, our history. And I want to say, more often than not, the candidate will say, regardless of the position they're playing for, the candidate will say, well, that's exactly how I feel. I've just never heard it put in the, those words or that language or you know, different categories. So I think as members of an educational community, we care about our students, or I hope we do. Otherwise, we probably won't last too long in higher education if we don't care about our students. But I think what's beautiful about the LaSalle mission, it, it puts words to feelings we've had as educators prior to even hearing this magical word of LaSalle. And then it gets put into action when you're a part of the community. But I think educators, regardless of where they're at, private, public, if this is something that touches their heart or something, how they already approach education, or mostly is how they approach education, that this this will be very relatable. Joey, I really like how you said that because it, um, just as, you know, everyone's kind of touched on here, you know, when we're talking about student-centered education, that's not... Uh, LaSallean institutions don't have that corner. There's so many other institutions that do that as well. Um, and most people are, most organizations are striving for that. Um, but I but I think that it puts it into words and it puts it into concepts and it puts it into, you know, a story that spans 300 years is that it gives, it gives that more meaning, like it does put it at our core. Um, and I think one of, one of, a favorite question I think sometimes we have when we're when we're looking at something that's happened, maybe there's a problem that's happened or um, or we see something really wonderful and and the question we often ask is, is this Lasallian? and and I think it offers like is there another way that this could be done that is more that is closer to Lasallian principles? Um, there's so many ways to to teach a course online and in person. and I think having that at our core, um, really pushes our professors, pushes all of us to, to, and people working in staff that are front-facing, servicing students. Um, when you're thinking as a Lasallian, because I, I know you say that often, and I love that, that it's not just the faculty, it's anyone um, is Lasallian who is, um, who is working here at CBU, is that um, we have to figure out how to deliver or how to how to serve students in that way, um, and that doesn't. Um, I just think it's it's centering, and um, and and it has a vocabulary, and um, I just think that makes it. That's what makes it special, um, and makes it um, 
valuable because uh, we can identify it really easily. And we were, uh, I think Scott was referencing our demo days. That's our final day when students that are our are teachers who go through our advanced training online course design and they present um, some piece of their course that they think is really innovative, something they've designed after these 16 weeks of training. And you can, we can all feel it. Like we, we have a little chat going on half while we're watching um, these uh, demonstrations. And it's so exciting because you can feel it. You can feel this. They've thought about the students so much and they've put things in place to make this an exciting experience to, to take care of them. Um, and you can just sense it and it, and it, and you can, and you can imagine how the student's going to feel when they walk into that versus a different kind of online classroom. Absolutely. And I mean, not to keep going back to the image of the star, but even if you think about the North Star, right, it's something that guides, can guide us. And I think the principles are something we're always striving towards and that guides us uh, in our decisions, our actions, and our approaches. Yeah, Joey, I really appreciate the way you state that the the principles and the salient message, it is written Right, because there's so many educators that we talk to are empathetic beings. It's a calling to want to help educate others, and then when they feel that, they might not understand um, just what it, what they're feeling, and then that message is put into words where we could go back to it, like that North Star, and reference it and say, "Well, we're trying to do these things to be in- inclusive, or we're trying to do these things to build a community, whether that's online or in person." Or just in, you know, a, a one-on-one, like a, a community of educators. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 amazing. And I think it really calls us, you know, when you talk about that, the five principles and and this that that they all have to be intertwined at the same time. And I think it really addresses a balance that faculty here really works hard to do. And it and it and it is a it is a more of a struggle online. It really takes a, a lot of effort to really balance that high quality education, you know, that that kind of the standards that they want to achieve in terms of what they're delivering to students and balance it with being inclusive, being uh, caring with students, um, being empathetic and understanding all of those, doing all of those things at one time. Um, it is it is challenging um, and it's challenging when you do it in a traditional classroom, but it's also challenging um, online, but I think that's what's so valuable to have this at the center to realize that all of these things are important. We can't, you can't have one without the other. You can't be inclusive and caring for students and not have a high quality class. Sure, students might like how that feels, um, but they aren't getting what we really want them to get out of a CBU education. Or you can be incredibly rigorous and wow, if you make it out of this class, you are going to know your stuff. But what about all the other students who get left behind? So um, I think at, at CBU, we're really called to do that in, in all modalities. I, I want to emphasize one thing that you just said there, uh, Lorraine, and I think I'm not disagreeing with anything you say, so don't don't hear that. But sometimes uh, we think an online class isn't doesn't need to be rigorous, that, that we set rigor aside uh, for the intent of making it easy on the learner. But I, I think we actually do uh, a disservice to students when we when we adopt that kind of philosophy. 
online education better be rigorous. It better be challenging the student and and providing them with opportunities to grow and learn. I don't think there's anything contrary to Lasallian principles in that. But at the same point, while you're being rigorous in the way that you're teaching, you're also providing those students with a hand up, that you're pulling them along, that you're making sure everybody has a chance to do this and to do it well. So it's this is where I think the instructional designers really come into play by by giving faculty ideas, um, models on how they can provide a quality education to their students without having to do one particular student. It is providing an education for all. Yeah, Dale, I, you know, I think that some of us, and maybe not, not me, us, but <laughs> I think uh, some educators may fall into a trap that I think that you kind of alluded to, and that that's equating um, a lack of rigor somehow with accessibility. Um, and, uh, you know, just because we're making education or our courses more accessible, and whether that be to, uh, you know, people that have learning differences, uh, whether that be to uh, students that um, socioeconomically, this may be the only route, online education may be the only route that they can, they can pursue. Um, but that 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 doesn't that doesn't mean that standards are lower or it's it's we're making it any easier. It just means that we're trying to come up with a, a mode of education that that is I don't know outward facing and is uh, broad in terms of its of its outreach. Uh, which I, again, I mean, Joey, that seems to be that's a very Lasallian idea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jay LaSalle in the beginning, it wasn't, he was trying something new, you know, and you could argue that online education is relatively new, right? He was trying something new and he didn't make courses easier because it was new or he didn't, he made it accessible to your point. He made it more accessible while holding the rigor and also while holding uh, the quality uh, for each of the students. And that's why it became so successful, because you have this new way of learning, uh, you know, 17th century France, new way of learning that was accessible, but also high quality, and it, it drew people in. And so I think how we educate others online, I mean, my hope is that draws more people in because, hey, there's something different here happening um, through this way of learning online. Uh, Lorene, to your earlier point, just because it's online education doesn't make it with salient. And you're absolutely right. I mean, it take it's all this extra effort, but also extra focus that the instructor, all of you put in, uh, in designing these courses, uh, really making sure the students feel supported, but challenged. I mean, and that tension is important because uh, we, we all learn the best when we are pushed to learn, not just here's the answers. Joey, the, I, oh, whoops. Sorry. go ahead, Lorraine. Well, I, when we had a retreat, Joey, you brought up um, this the story about um, De La Salle that I didn't know about um, his time in Parmeny. Am I am I um, pronouncing that correctly? You're pronouncing it as well as I pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> as far as correctly, I, I don't know. Uh, I hope so, but I believe we are pronouncing it the same way, Parmeny. Joey, during our retreat, 
Uh, you brought up a point in St. John Baptist de La Salle's life uh, where he really took what he had already done uh, with opening up education to the masses, uh, and he really started opening up to even um, different populations. And this happened at St. Jan. Is there something you can tell us about that? Yeah, absolutely. So de La Salle eventually, as the Lasallian, as these schools... Lasallian wasn't a phrase de La Salle would have used, but as these schools, the Christian brothers opened up these different schools, uh, they eventually expanded to a city called Rouen, and there opened up a unique opportunity at a location called St. Jan, and that really became uh, a growing, I don't know what we want to say, a place where Lasallian education really grew rapidly, because different ways to get across education happened. One of those uh, opportunities was they opened a teacher training school. Uh, another was they opened uh, kind of residential learning for schools, or uh, for students, a school for residential learning. Another was they opened up uh, for almost court-adjudicated youth and adults. Uh, so instead of just being in jail, they also learned all kind of being uh, in this setting. Uh, there's, I guess, humorous stories, uh, early accounts where there's even... Uh, where some prisoners escaped and you have brothers chasing them throughout the streets of Rouen. I would love to see that, brothers in their full habit running uh, after, you know, students or escaped um, individuals. Uh, that really expanded how De La Salle approached education because it wasn't just the mode in which he started educating. To your point, Lorene, I mean, it, it expanded kind of like online learning, you talked about different modalities, it expands the way we approach education. And so that would have been, I guess, a concrete example during De La Salle's lifetime of how education was expanded. Did I answer your question? Yes, thank you. It's my, it's one of my favorite stories because I, I hadn't heard that before. And I, I think I really identified with that as we just think about, um, we just have to continue innovating um, and that's something that it seems like he did throughout his life. And that's something that I think is part of, you know, our mission here at CBU, if we really are to be a LaSallean institution. I, I, Joey, I was just listening to a couple of, of those specifics, uh, uh, kind of innovations that, that kind of De La Salle initiated. Like some of those ideas, educating incarcerated individuals, like... That must have been pretty revolutionary or even slash radical. So, like, I'm wondering, so this idea is, like, if we were to bring LaSalle here to us in the 21st century, would he would he like what he saw in terms of online education? And that's kind of been a silly idea that's kind of been running through my head. Um, but I guess more practically speaking is um, uh, when he was when he was kind of transforming or offering some of these transformative ideas, uh, he must have taken some some criticism and some heat, I assume, um, and and nevertheless kind of sort of stayed the course and stayed on mission. Uh, is is that accurate? I think, yes, it is accurate. Uh, De La Salle did get heat, actually, uh, as we're talking about this specific uh, scenario, he mostly got heat for the teacher training. He didn't get heat. Uh, for the others. And I don't have, and I wish I would have the exact history and dates in front so we could dive deeper into that. 
uh, into you know, educating those who um, you know, court adjudicated or whoever you want to um, call uh, those students, uh, he got heat for the teacher training and at one point had to shut it down. Uh, so De La Salle stayed the course, but also I think he was nimble enough, you know, if something didn't work, uh, he, he didn't allow that to shut him down. He found different ways to keep growing uh, education, keep growing opportunities for people. So I think he stayed the course, but he also understood, okay, if this truly is a dead end, not to, I think he knew the fine line of keep going, push through, and okay, let's sunset this and let's let's go this direction. You know, I, that's so inspiring to me because, uh, and I'll speak for our team, uh, you know, there are those uh, in in certain quarters in education that uh, look at online education in general as, as something less than. Um, and I suppose in our worst days that that sometimes can be very frustrating. That can be that can be uh, depressing for those of us that have, as Dale has put it, have have enjoyed the Kool-Aid and we've we've drunk it and we're we're believers. But um, I guess another uh, and again, this wouldn't be a Lasallian principle necessarily, but perhaps more of a tradition. But it seems to me that there's some lessons that we can learn uh, in in how we comport ourselves with uh, sometimes people that, that criticize online education or look at it as less than, um, uh, and again, I, I, I guess I would like to think that if we brought LaSalle here in the 21st century, that, um, he, he would, he would like online education, at least some of it. Yeah. And Cal, you're not uh, far off by saying, you know, sometimes I like to imagine bringing De La Salle back. I also, there are scenarios of like, oh, what would De La Salle say in this situation? Or if we brought him here, how would he appreciate this specific aspect of whatever? Um, and I, I think you really hit something that's really close to home for me, Cal, is that's the importance of the mission. Regardless of we're talking in-person education, we're talking online education, it is for us to keep to going back to and seeing, are we anchoring ourselves in the mission? Is there something in the history that we could uh, pull uh, knowledge from or we could pull uh, confidence from? Or, you know, it anchors us in a way of, yeah, De La Salle dealt with hardship or De La Salle dealt with uh, having to change how to approach things. I think that's really important when we think about why is CBU unique, why is CBU online learning unique. It's we have that history to pull from, to anchor us, and to inspire us in our actions, our thoughts, definitely our words. Joey, uh, we've heard even in our in this in this podcast that what LaSalle was doing was uh, innovative, um, maybe perhaps uh, a little bit out on the edge. But I don't know that that our listeners would truly understand what that means because maybe they don't understand what LaSalle brought. So what was education like? And just I know we spent a, a bit of time talking about this, but in just really briefly, what was education like and what did he introduce? Great question. So 17th century France education looked a little different than it did today. And it was kind of the tale of, of two two alternatives. So one was if you could afford education, you were taught one-on-one -on -one by a private tutor. Uh, and you're taught 
in the classical language, so either Latin or Greek or both, mostly Latin. Uh, or you went to a little school, what they referred to as a little school, and that would have been uh, really unorganized, uh, would have been uh, taught by someone not well prepared to be a teacher, because really in 17th century France, if you couldn't do anything else, you could become an educator. It was kind of the position that was like, well, okay, you didn't get that job, but at least you could teach. Uh, and and so it was it was not organized. It was either for those who could afford it or if you went to what would have been referred to as the little schools, you would not have gotten a quality education. So De La Salle really was convicted to bring a quality education through uh, his time. He believed greatly in the divine providence of God. And this was education was a way for him to approach his theology, to share the gospel message. And so that's what anchored and motivated De La Salle. Uh, and through doing that, he approached education by introducing or really sustaining the vernacular. So teaching in the language of the people. So in 17th century France, everyone would have spoke French. So he taught in French. Uh, simultaneous methods. So learning in a classroom setting where students learn from each other as well as the uh, professor or the instructor. Uh, versus the one-on-one -on -one private tutor. Making education practical, which I think is something we all do very well and something we've been talking about this whole podcast episode about is making it approachable, making it practical, uh, really delivering it to the students in a way where they can then take that uh, further. And making it relational. De La Salle, through the brothers, right, through the early Christian brothers, they really uh, were instructed by De La Salle to have a relationship with the students, to be uh, an older brother to those they were instructing, not just that power dynamic that would have existed with the private tutors during that time of, you know, you're my pupil, I'm up here, really walking alongside them. And that's the intentional title of brother was chosen to be an older brother to those, uh, as we say in the La Salian world, those entrusted to their care. So, Joey, we've been talking and spending a lot of time about uh, talking about the life of, of LaSalle and a, a few of the uh, uh, innovations that he introduced and maybe some examples that he has, you know, maybe to teach us uh, in online education. It occurs to me that, again, many of our listeners, and we've, we've mentioned this before, uh, are probably not at LaSallean institutions. And in fact, this may be the very first time that, that, that uh, they've actually put a, uh, a, a biography to the actual adjective. So uh, is, is, there, uh, is there a place where our listeners could find more information about De La Salle? Absolutely. Uh, at CBU, our website, we have our mission, our tradition, our La Salian values. You could find those, uh, and we'll make sure to provide the link for that. Uh, and we also have what's called the CBU Red Book. So that's um, available online for anyone to access. That's really a resource we give new employees and students uh, that have our mission, our tradition, our history. Uh, what does it mean to be LaSallean? But what does it mean to be LaSallean at CBU? How did we get to Memphis? So that's a unique resource uh, specific to the CBU LaSallean community. And also, if you happen to find yourself on campus at Christian Brothers University, in beautiful Midtown Memphis, Tennessee, and come into our library, we have 
uh, resource, we have a collection of Lasallian texts, biographies, writings from different brothers from De La Salle. So that's another beautiful resource. There's also, you know, good old Google. Uh, if you put in Lasallian mission or Lasallian tradition, you're going to find a lot of resources uh, available uh, to you. So please, uh, there's no shortage of Lasallian resources to be found. Yeah, thanks, Joy. Um, this has been really good. We appreciate you coming and joining us for this. Um, we we love just speaking with you. You're you're so passionate about Lasallian principles and and John Baptist de La Salle. It's just it it seeps through every pore of your being, and and that's good. It's those are good principles to follow. Excellent, actually. So thank you uh, for joining us. This has been really good. I appreciate the invitation. You're welcome. Uh, friends, this has been another edition of the, the Lasallian Way. We hope you will join us again as we continue the Lasallian Way online. <laughs>